Welcome back to Mysterious Goings On. Well, you know, sometimes when man looks at his feet and sees nothing but dust and then looks up and around him and sees nothing but calamity, it's time for him to look at the stars. And that, my friends, is what we're going to do today. We are going to welcome back a previous guest on the show. Michael Zuffa is joining us. And he, hello. hello, Michael. He was on the show a few years ago talking about Star Trek. You know, you people who listen to this show regularly know that I love Trek and I have very strong opinions about it. Um, but I love talking about it with fellow fans. And we had definitely talked about the original series movies at this point, uh, where we left off a few years ago. And of course, with uh, an abundance of time in front of a lot of us, uh, Michael and I just connected again and he said, Hey, man. Let's get going. We still got movies to do. And I was like, you're right. So today in this episode, I thought if you're a Trek fan, great. If you're not, you might listen anyway, because we're going to talk about the the Star Trek, the next generation series of movies. These films that were not on TV, but the theatrical films that were made. Um, there's a lot of interest about it right now, of course, because Sir Patrick Stewart has returned to the fold with the new TV series Picard, which has uh, just wrapped up as of today's recording its first season, and it's already been greenlit for a second season season i might add by the way and i'll try to remember to put this in the show notes that uh, if you're listening in 2020 uh, march or april of 2020 the series is free on cbs all access uh, there's a gift code you can use pat, sir pat stew made sure that everybody could go to cbs all access so i believe not only can you see picard but i believe you can see discovery and some of the other programs that are available but i'll put a link in the show notes for you on that but welcome back michael how are you sir Hello, pretty good, pretty good. Living the dream. Living the dream, yeah. Are you, uh, are you, uh, just real quick, and we don't have to get into this now because we're talking TNG uh, movies, but are you watching Picard by any chance? I, uh, I told my wife before it started, I said, I don't, well, I don't watch much TV. I told her, I said, ah, oh, those bastards at CBS, you know, they do this, <laughs> this Picard show, so naturally I'm in. I said, I'm going to sign up so we can watch it day one and watch it weekly. And then as soon as it's done, you know, we're canceled. So later tonight, it'll probably be canceled on my end. Uh, and I said in that, in that 10 week span, we need to squeeze in two seasons of discovery because I didn't feel really the need to drop money for that. Um, initially, you know, so, uh, we, we also squeezed those in and the mini tracks and, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm all caught up except for this last episode here of uh, Picard. Oh, so you you have seen it all. Did you have any? Do you just have any general comments without giving away the game? Because I'd love to have you back to talk in depth. But how did you of feel Picard? about Discovery? <clears throat> of Discovery or Picard? Discovery. <clears throat> I <laughs> I had read some things going into it that bothered me say uh i'm a stickler for continuity and canon and and there was a lot of things i read going into it that made me just shake my head you know spock has a sister yeah. this 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 highly advanced spore drive um i don't recall hearing about any of this stuff before right um <laughs> but i can say that I, I i was vaguely aware of what was happening on the show as it went along even though i wasn't watching it and and knowing uh, before I started it, I knew how season two ended. Mm -hmm. And again, without spoilers, um, it, it made me like, okay, <laughs> made me say to myself, okay, I can deal with this knowing how season two ends because in a way it, it kind of explains things. Um, it kind of does. Yeah. Kind um, of. yeah. I mean, it, it gives a reason why we haven't heard of things right right <laughs> certain things so so that that um made it easier for me to enjoy the show as opposed to sitting there every week thinking or every episode thinking this this shouldn't be this shouldn't be why is this like this <laughs> you, you know so that that helped i, I guess yeah you mean um, the way i watched it <laughs> yeah um i won't say it's great but i will say i found myself enjoying it more than i thought i would yeah um uh, as to whether or not it's a 
a Star Trek show. I mean, that's a, a show we can, uh, I think we can discuss uh, down the road, perhaps. All right. well, overall, overall, I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't. I won't say it's great, though. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm of the same mind. Well, we'll say that... some things. There are things I thought were really solid about it, though. So. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, namely, Captain Pike. But I we can get into. Yes. We can yes. get into that. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's get into so the TNG. What apparently what happened? So the Star Trek films uh, with the original cast, they were. Let's face it, they were late 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, in age, depending on the cast member, by the time Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country did well. It was a nice sign-off. They literally signed their names at the end of the movie in the credits, and that was going to be the end. But they decided that at the seventh year of TNG that they needed to uh, start the TNG crew into a series of films. And the bright idea was to have a bridge between the original series characters in the movies and the next generation characters in the movies. So... We get Star Trek Generations, which the uh, card enlists the help of Kirk, who is presumed long dead, but flourishes in an extra-dimensional realm from preventing Malcolm McDowell from destroying a star and its populated planetary system in an attempt to enter that realm. The film also included the original crew members Scotty and Chekhov. So uh, this, this film, in a nutshell, we have... Um, Picard and Kirk teaming up and what should have been like the, the, you know, like the, the, it should have been like the first like Avengers movie where they all assemble, you know, it should have been this really killer, <laughs> killer vibe and you're bringing all the crews together. But you saying that didn't happen. I don't think so, buddy. I, from what I thought, what I saw is uh, there's two things that I, that, that, that immediately at, 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 at the remove I am now 20 plus years later is what was the big hard-on to kill off Kirk for? Why did we have to kill him in the first place? That's a good question. I, I don't have an answer for you there. Um, maybe to give him closure, I guess. Yeah. I they, I, I, that would be my guess. But they kind of shot themselves in the foot doing that because... I mean, you got James Doohan doing... He did an episode of TNG. You got, you know, McCoy, uh, you know... Uh, yeah. D. Kelly did an episode of TNG. Um, you know, there there was talk, I believe, of a Chekhov appearance on TNG that did not happen. But then you, you look and you see all the way up to the Kelvin timeline, Leonard Nimoy returns. And it's just like mm. William Shatner is just chomping at the bit to be doing the same thing as Lenny. And he couldn't because mm. he was dead. You know, it's just like and, it seems so incredibly short sighted to, to kill him off I, for what I thought outside, was some cheap. Outside of that, though. Yeah. Outside of that, he kind of just went out like a little bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was not a great death. No, um, no. The I original... mean, they try to make it feel, you know, it was fun, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it was unremarkable. Because the, the original film uh, uh, death scene they shot, he gets shot in the back by Soren. Yeah, test audiences did not like that, so they yeah. reshot it where basically he fell off of a scaffolding, a bridge, and instead of dying on the bridge, he died under a bridge, ha-ha. And, mm-hmm. yeah, but, and you know, the guy should have died on a bridge. He, sh- You know, the, the original opening of the movie, he does, di- where he does actually die, he does die on a ship. He saves a ship. Mm-hmm. That's how, mm-hmm. in my opinion, Jim Kirk would die. Right. But did he die, really? Because he was in the Nexus. So isn't he still kind of in the Nexus? Yeah. He, I guess he's not I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all kind of mushy there because, I mean, Guinan was in the Nexus, even though she wasn't in the Nexus. That's true. And, That's true. And really, I mean, ultimately, doesn't that mean Soren is still in the Nexus somewhere, too? He got what he wanted, essentially. I mean, true. or did he? I, I don't know. He, he seemed pretty pissed off at the end, like he didn't, but who knows, you know, it, that whole concept was terrible. I, I think, and, and actually Ron Moore and is it Braga who wrote it? They both have admitted many times since then that it was terrible and they did a really crappy job. They were under so much pressure to do this and they were younger writers and they were, they were, yeah. they were good writers, but they were under all this pressure. And of course the studios wanted all this thing. And I imagine the studios just said, okay, we want Kirk to die. We want, we want Patrick Stewart to look really cool. We want this. We want this. We want this. I, I they probably had so many masters to please. I just think it was really tough right. for them. And, and uh, you know, and it's my understanding. I could be wrong here, but they, they wrapped up all good things. The last episode of the next generation and almost immediately went right into this. Yeah. And so a lot of the sets 
Um, I mean, they were touched up a little bit, but they were TV sets. So a lot of it doesn't look as great as it could. Yeah. And and I don't know if you noticed this, but a few times when Picard's in his ready room and someone's at the door, um, it's like somebody turned off all the lights on the bridge. Uh, it's pitch black <laughs> behind him. And I, I, you know, it's like, well, you know, what's going on there? <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, look, look. I think when he's talking to Riker, a couple times it's it's pitch black behind him. Now some of so some of the lighting, like when they go to the Amagosa uh, Observatory, I yes. thought I th- the lighting job they did in like ten forward and all that, and yes. I, I thought it was exceptional. To be honest with yes. you, yes, yes, yes. But is that because I, is that because the sets were they were trying to cover up know. the sets? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's part of the reason they they. They destroyed the Enterprise because then they could, you know, build a a set, you know, that's going to look uh-huh. except, exceptional on the on the big screen. You know what? I uh, never I never put that together ever. Thank yeah. you. That's a that's a that's a new revelation for me. I never thought of that. Now here's the other thing. At the beginning, so you had Chekhov and Scotty with Kirk. Basically, you know, they're breaking the bottle on a new Enterprise, and, and right, uh, and they were supposed to be that was supposed to be uh, Spock and McCoy, but uh, Leonard Nimoy was like, "That's a nothing role. I'm not doing it." Right, and I, and I don't know what the deal was with McCoy, but you know, and they yeah. are kind of nothing roles. They they you know span service. And, and <laughs> McCoy was uh, D. Kelly was ill. He didn't die yeah. too terribly long after that. A few years, and uh, but if you, it's so funny when you watch it, look at the dialogue. They didn't really even change the dialogue. I know. It's like you can see this is. It's like I'm watching. It, I'm yeah. like, why is Chekhov going to sick bay? Why? Yeah. Why is Scotty saying yeah. Scotty's doing the? I mean, just imagining Spock saying, "Is there something wrong with your chair, Captain?" I mean, you know, it's right. It's it's funny. So it's, and then I think that the, the next generation stuff. Um, let's just talk on that for a second. Uh, the aspects of that. I must admit, I think Stuart handled the death scene of getting the news of the death of his brother and his nephew. And by the way, folks, these movies have been around a long time, so if you're mad at us for spoiling it, sorry. But I thought he, I thought that scene was very well done, and I thought absolutely he was such a he's so so great. I, the sailing ship thing, eh, I mean, that was visually yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I I guess there are moments that are good. I must say, I found when Brent Spiner's character Data got his emotion chip. I found him so grating and I, <laughs> I don't know. How did you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I remember I saw that in college. Uh, a bunch of us went to see it like opening weekend. Um, and that was, I I discovered or rediscovered next generation in college. So there was a lot of love there and I, uh, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly and it wasn't until, uh, repeat viewings that it diminished some you know you know you know how it is the yes it was the immediacy effect or whatever um i like data so much so it's hard for me to talk crap about him um but i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying i i I like that they tried to give brent spiner uh some room to you know emote Sure. <laughs> Since he hadn't been doing it for seven years, basically. Right. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I like the story idea. I like the emotion ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe the execution in hindsight was not the greatest. Yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't gel well for me, but I get what you're saying. And, you know, Spiner, yeah. Spiner was arguably number two on the series and, you know, behind Absolutely. And he clearly was in the movies. Yeah. I mean, oh. every single movie he was. Number two. Even if and, he uh, did, he even get billing, or did he get billing? Sometimes did Frakes get I billing? I think he did. Oh. I think he did. Uh, yeah, that I, makes you know, sense. I'm, I'd have to look, but um, maybe not in this first generations one. But uh, I'm sure in like first contact. Well, and, he he had a like Stewart. He had a producer credit towards the end, yeah. which Frakes was directing, so he didn't necessarily yeah. have producing credits. So, uh, so right. really, they were the big three, and everybody else was yeah. kind of the. Uh, supporting, but anyway, so uh, I mean, there's there's a lot we could unpack here, but we're just going to touch on each each movie. But and I don't mean to gripe about everything, and I don't, I don't want to set up a just a, a gripe session about every movie because there were aspects, as I said, that I, of the film I enjoyed. Well, well but, here's the thing, Alex. Here's yeah. the thing, Alex. I I absolutely love all the Star Trek movies, even the ones I hate. 
<laughs> that's the um, best. That's the I, best. I think I think a real fan could acknowledge True. that movie is a, a movie or an episode of the TV show isn't perfect, but you know somehow uh, we love it because of it, right? Yeah, that's I a mean, great point. Every time I watch uh, the Switch franchises here, every time I watch Star Wars. I chuckle when the stormtrooper hits his head on the blast door. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you know, it's 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 part of what the show is. You yeah, know? right. And, and you know, if if is, is this the one Data singing about the little life forms? He's scanning for life forms. It's so it's so bad, but I I, I kind of love I kind of love it, and you know, and it's in its own way. You know, noticing that there's no lights on in the bridge. I I love that. It's 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 a problem with the film, but it I, I've seen it enough times that it's just it's. You know, it's part of what it is. So, so I, my point is, I think you got to be able to talk about the negatives, right? And, and appreciate and embrace the negatives uh, of stuff you love, right? But it's um, out, but it's out of love. It's out of love, right? When I get when I, I get angry about it, or not not angry, but when I get really well, I've been angry a few times over the years over track. But when I get upset about it or I, I get negative about it, it's because I love it so much. I want it to. Right. Be, it's like do better. <laughs> right. I mean, certainly at some point, I'm sure we'll talk about the the the, the reboot trilogy, and then we can talk about some anger um, a little better. Um, I'm looking at you into darkness, <laughs> but, or as I call yeah. it, into dog mess. Uh, something. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's for another day, right? It is. How about <laughs> this? Why don't we just roll a? So let's say generations. Hey, I, I'm going to spring this on you. If you even though you just said, look, I love them all, and I even if I hate them, let's do this. Let's do uh, let's do one to four pips, shall we? That's the rank. Oh, pips. Come on now, come on now. I'm going to give generations. I'll start. I'll start. You, and if you don't want to play, you don't have to. But I'm going to do it. Yeah. One to four pips. I'm going to give generate. Maybe I should do five. No, there's never. There was only four. Let's do there's five. There's only four. There's only four. There's so only four pips. All right. Let's just. All right. One to four pips. I'm going to give it two pips. I would agree with that. Okay. I'd say it's not the worst of the bunch. No, no. And in fact, it's not even the, the, the next one's definitely not the worst of the bunch. And that's Star no. Trek First Contact, which came mm-hmm. around in 1996, about two years later after Generations. And uh, basically the plot, after a failed attempt to assault Earth, the Borg attempt to prevent first contact between humans and Vulcans by interfering with Zephram Cochran's warp test in the past. Picard must confront the demons which stem from his assimilation into the Collective which, by the way, is a huge part of Picard these days, as he leads the new Enterprise E, the, as Michael mentioned, back through time to ensure the test and subsequent meeting with the Vulcans take place. This is the first of two films directed by Commander Riker himself, Jonathan Frakes. Mm-hmm. Take it away, man. What are, you, your, what are your thoughts on it? I think this is the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we need to all be grateful that the Borg chose to wait till they were right by Earth to go back in time and not go back in time, <laughs> you know, uh, light years away and then hit Earth because then we'd be all screwed, right? Yeah, true. Uh, true. See, see, this is the nitpicking that, 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 that true fans can appreciate, <laughs> right? Right? Right, right. Because um, uh, really, if, if, if they're not waiting till the last minute, Game over, man. <laughs> Game <laughs> over. Um, this movie is great. It's certainly a action, more of an action movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I like so much about. I mean, there's so much to love about this. Uh, Cromwell as Cochrane. Oh, so good. Uh, Data with the Borg Queen. Oh yeah. Um, uh, heck, you know, even uh, Jordy and uh, Barkley's interactions with. Uh, uh, Cochran on oh, Earth, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, worshiping, worshiping him to yeah. some degree. Um, uh, it's all great. Alfred Woodard is great. Oh, um, yeah. Love you her. know, yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, gets to be an action hero. He has some dramatic monologues. You know, a line must be drawn here. Here. This far, no further. Um, uh, it, it's got everything. It's got I a think. great antagonist. Uh, you got you, the Borg are, are, you know, although it's strange because the Borg collective, the the when, you know the idea of a queen was like, well, wait, there's mm. the, I don't think they're all equal a hive mind, but apparently there's a queen, and she mm. was was that uh, Alice Krieger who did that. She uh, was fantastic, yeah. and yes. so that was great. Um, they they also uh, is this when they. Brought in the new uniform colors and changes. Is that um, right? Or am I wrong? Some yet? they, I believe there was some, uh, uh, a little bit of each. Oh, there was. Okay. <laughs> I, they were doing a little bit of each. They had, uh, you know, depending on 
the scene they were, you know, it was an amalgam between, you know, what we were used to on the TV show and what Deep Space Nine was doing at the time. Well, did you? Which would, <laughs> and, and I know, uh, I know, uh, uh, Frakes, Jonathan yes. Frakes wore, uh, Avery Brooks's, uh, uniform. <laughs> they were so damn cheap. They made him wear. <laughs> how, how, how the hell does that happen? Um, oh my God. I mean, he had to roll the yeah. sleeves up. Didn't he roll the sleeves up a little bit or something? Uh, Probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's inexcusable. By the way, I, I I would agree. I would agree with that. So cheap. But yeah, it was kind of like, like I said, it was kind of like, you know, a transition phase. I guess. I guess when uh, uh, Star Trek switches uniforms, there's a, you know, there's, there's they have a time frame. They don't want to just go cold turkey. That might be too jarring. Might be too jarring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've got to always every 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 movie's got to have a new new stamp on. It. It's like every new Batman movie. The, yeah. the the costume has to change. You know. It's just. Yeah. yeah. Um. The uh. I thought that the uh special effects were excellent. I I I liked how Counselor Troy finally made her transition from being like this weird space alien Brooklyn accent into a British accent. By the way. <laughs> I think Marina Sirtis just gave up and said, I'm not doing it anymore. And she, yeah. she started sounding like uh, Jane Leaves from Frasier. I remember thinking that. I was like, what? what? <laughs> okay. That's, but I liked her better, though. That's what. That's the thing. I liked her a lot better at that point. Um, so, yeah. And she was a little more humanized, too, uh, getting drunk and yeah. hang, hanging out with, uh, you know. With Z. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I thought, uh, um, I thought that I thought this film was. Sh this is kudos to Frakes. I thought the, of course, he wasn't cinematographer, but he was the director. I, I thought the film was shot very well. Um, I thought the colors were pretty rich. I thought that it was appealing to the eye. I thought there was some detail, you know, here. I may be wrong. This is just my take, but I, I thought it was shot very well. I thought it was paced very well. Um, I think I think Frakes really. Uh, I mean, I mean, especially you know, I mean, compare him to like Nimoy who. I mean, Star Trek three was not a great film. I mean, it has its moments, but it's not a great film. Right. Um, but here's Frakes with his first feature film and he just knocks it out of the park. Um, so I, I felt really good about that. And I, I remember leaving the theater saying, I want to see this again. Right. Right. And, and we should also talk about Mr. Uh, Mr. Michael Dorn, who's on leave from deep space nine in, <laughs> in this movie. They, they, they got to give him credit for finding ways for him to show up for the films. Tough I guess. little ship. Yeah, little. little. <laughs> Apparently, the Defiant was supposed to be destroyed in the movie too, but the Deep Space Nine people were like, "Nah, we kind of need that." <laughs> oh my god, really? Were they really were going to yeah. do that? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, I guess that's. Well, of course, in DS Nine, they actually did destroy the Defiant once, but uh, yeah, they, yeah. I, I, it may have been also them saying, "Hey, look, man, we're loaning you Dorn, and we're loaning <laughs> you the Defiant. You ain't going to blow it up, all right? Right. You, you right. better return with a full tank of dilithium crystals and the keys, all right?" <laughs> tell you what but i thought that uh i thought that it was just it's a well-paced it's just a fun movie and it is in my opinion i agree with you it is the best out of, out of all of them um i think that and, uh, and i would even say by far it's the best um uh, yeah by far it is and i would say it's also in my, it's in my top three or four overall star trek films but yes it's it's very rewatchable and i think it's easily accessible to non-trek fans as well yeah definitely you don't have to know everything about it to just have fun with it you just it, it's really well done so i'm going to give this one four pips absolutely i agree with you across the board man well here we are arguing and and fighting like people expect no we're not at all are we oh, well. <laughs> well maybe we will here because we next thing comes in 1998 two more years later just like clockwork another film star trek insurrection now this maybe they should have waited three years. Uh, maybe it needed. It still, it, it was underdone. Profoundly disturbed by what he views as a blatant violation of the Prime Directive, Picard deliberately interferes with the Starfleet Admiral's plan to relocate a relatively small but seemingly immortal population from a mystical planet to gain control of the planet's natural radiation, which has been discovered to have substantial medicinal properties. However, the Admiral himself is a pawn in his alien partner's mission of vengeance. Um, hey, when that happens, yeah, man, I'm telling you, man, you know, this is where, uh, you, you know, I think prior to this Starfleet admirals and commodores were usually just either incompetent or a pain in the butt. And yeah. th this was this one played by Anthony Zerb, who I love. He's one of my favorite character actors. He seemed to have uh, good intentions, but it got away from him. 
I think. Something about the road to hell is paved with that. Yeah, well, indeed. Kind of, yeah, yeah, that's true. There, yes, uh, the the Stargate. Perhaps he was uh, uh, outmatched by uh, is that Rofo? Is that how you said it? Uh, yeah, Rofo. Yeah, yeah. Um, clearly a, a smarter character <laughs> and a manipulator. Yeah. Played by the great uh, Oscar nominee yeah. F. Murray Abraham. Or was he an Oscar winner? He won, didn't he? F. Murray he Abraham. Won. He did win for, for Amadeus. Uh, yeah. Amadeus. I, who, and, he, and he has been quoted as saying he enjoyed the hell out of this role and loved being on Star Trek and would do it again, which is hilarious. Yeah. But um, he, I actually thought his character was interesting uh, and fun. Yeah. And I thought the, the, the makeup was really kind of creepy and cool. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, this one... And I'll, and I'll I'll just drop this on you and step back and see what you think. I think this one, you know, you you kind of nailed it. I think this one was under, I think it was rushed out. I think it was underwritten, um, not terribly imaginative, and it it just it would if it was a mem- uh, an episode on the TV series, it's one I'd skip if it was on reruns. See, that's the thing. We came out of it. My wife said it felt like a TV episode. Yeah. And, and and I remember at the time saying, well, you know, they can't save the galaxy every time. Right. Um, which is true. True. But after, as, you know, repeat viewings, this definitely feels like just a extended uh, TV episode. Yeah. And I get, I get pretty worn out pretty fast by the scenes with the kid and Data. Mm. Um, yeah. It just doesn't appeal to me. I'm not interested in that. And And why does Data have to regress in every film? Yeah, you know, but, but the opening of it now, the opening now, when when Data is he's he's lost his mind early mm-hmm. in the scene where he's got the little the 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 duck blind and the and the, the invisibility cloak on, and then he breaks out of it and his, there's his head and mm-hmm. and then he's like this scary, you know, he's kind of scary right. and but then they have to do was it Gilbert and Sullivan singing or something and, yeah and I'm like yeah. why that always wins me over I don't I mean I don't know about you but when people when friends start singing that I'm, you know it pulls me out of my you know drunken haze or whatever it's just always because I think <laughs> I think it's because Brent you know is this singer and and just mm-hmm. wants to show off his pipes and I'm just like uh, so does so does Patrick Stewart I'm sure yeah but I just thought, oh, this is cornball. But um, you do get some interesting stuff there. Um, uh, there's some interesting stuff here that I, that stands out to me. I like seeing the captain's yacht, which we've never seen before. Yes. I like that, which I believe is named the Cousteau. I don't think it's told there, but I believe I believe you are called. correct, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, every now and then I know one. But uh, I like that. Although here we go again. You, you can just see Patrick Stewart's fingerprints all over that, too, where he's like, I want to be the action hero again. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, ah, oh, geez. It's, it's weird. If you go from seven years of this uh, sensitive, thoughtful, intellectual, true intellectual captain who uh, his first impulse is never to fire a phaser or throw a punch. But then you get in the movies and he's like trying to be Shatner. It's weird. Yeah, kind of. But he's more believable than Shatner. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, he, he was <laughs> very a, good. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. And this all, the movie also uh, puts uh, Riker and Troy back on the path to being together. That's, that's one good thing that comes out of that. Although I didn't. Does he shave his beard in this movie too? He does. Yeah, it's uh, soft as yeah. an android's bottom. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Because they they started making out, and she's like, "Ew," because she she hadn't kissed yeah, him with the beard. That's, yeah, yeah, and so he. Did. That's but that's a good thing that comes out of this movie. True, I, I think. Yeah, oh, it's nice to um, see, and that and that plays forward into uh, Picard. Um, certainly, you know, yes, twenty so. plus years later. Definitely. Yeah. Well, of course. You know, we'll get to the, the, Spoilers. the, the opening <laughs> of the next movie, we, definitely. But uh, so just to kind of wrap this one up, I, I guess folks listening are going, well, they're not saying a whole lot about it because there's just not a lot about it that's interesting. No. Um, Donna Murphy is a perfectly great actress who did her best I, with a thankless role, I think. Did yes, you? I liked her. I liked her in this. Um, you know, uh, why did Picard not ever go back to her? I don't know. I would have. But <laughs> it, yeah, and, no, I, I I was not familiar with her before this. Um, she's done a lot of Broadway work, I know. And uh, since then, I mean, I guess, of course, she played Doctor Octopus's wife in Spider Man. That's right. That's but, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I'm like, I know who that is, and I like her. 
<laughs> she, I got a lot of goodwill for her out of this movie. Say say what you want about the movie. I, I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot too. Now, you, do you know what my favorite scene of the whole movie is though? Hmm. It's when Jory yeah. is watching a sunrise. Oh yeah. With his real eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you not, did that resonate with you at all or did Yeah, you? no, I, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. It's been a while since I've seen yeah, this one, <laughs> but I do. So it's not Spock. It's not a uh, wharf getting acne. No, the, the gorge. Okay. Oh my God. It's just, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that is great with, uh, with, uh, Jordy. His eyes um, regenerated. Uh, of course it didn't last after they left, but, uh, but, but for once he got to see everything. Yeah. Uh, that kind of sucks for him. He, you know, he, but did you yeah. see what it, but didn't that, but that, but that was a good thing because then I believe LeVar Burton finally got his wish. He says, I'm not wearing that darn banana clip anymore. I'm, I'm, you give me some <laughs> robot eyes. I'm not wearing that visor. Anymore. Right. That visor. Ugh, yeah, that got old. Okay. Well, that let's, let, let us leave the Baku and the Sunna. Um, oh, I will say Greg Henry playing, uh, the other F. Murray Abraham's friend and right, right arm. Kind of, I always liked him. I think he's a good actor. He was really good in, um, Oh gosh, uh, excuse me. Uh, he was really good in that. Uh, he's been good in a lot of things. Anyway, I won't rack my brain, but he's a pretty <laughs> solid character actor. Does all right. He plays a lot of good villains. But I thought he made things work even under that makeup, which is no mean feat. Um, right, right. That especially that makeup was not uh, uh, very friendly to expressive uh, expressive. Uh, he, he he did uh, so much with his eyes. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. You know, and oh, it was funny too. Real quick, the the extra aliens that were on the bridge of the of the Sona ship. It was just this rogues gallery. It was like like okay, everybody who didn't make the final cut from the Star Wars bar scene, please report to Star Trek Insurrection. Thank right. you. Right. I mean, one of them is like this cat looking woman who I was like, is this Josie and the Pussycats? What do we got here? I don't know. It anyway. Um, that's a minor thing. <laughs> so so anyway let's just get down to so let's just get down to it i on the four pip scale for insurrection um i'm gonna let mm. you start you decide you tell me where you go can we do one and a half okay so that so it's like a it's like a lieutenant that, junior for, grade yes for me it's definitely under uh generations but you know as with any of these movies i can get something out of them when i'm watching them right? sure yeah um this would not be my go-to if I, you know, said, "Hey, I'm going to watch a Star Trek movie." This is not one I would pick out. This one's more likely to show up if I'm watching a a, a bunch of them. And, right. You know, it it, it uh, provides a through line to. Well, I'd say better things, but <laughs> maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. It is better. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Nemesis. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll go ahead and give it to just. I'll give it to. I'll give it to the extra half is for Donna Murphy and yeah, and for uh, and Greg Murray Abraham. I mean F. I mean that guy. I mean, come on, man. He he hams it up, but it's he's fun to watch. So I'm and I like Anthony. He's Zerb. fun to watch. He is fun to watch. Like uh, Christopher Plummer is fun to watch in Star Trek Six. Absolutely. Although, although I would argue Christopher Plummer is much better. Because oh, sure. he it was a better character and he had much more to work with. Oh yeah, I but totally agree. Yeah, but but that's the same vein of uh, performance and I think enjoyment uh, the actors are getting out of what they're doing. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you. I th I, I think so. So uh, we'll give it two pips. It's uh, to me, it's a it's a full lieutenant, it's a senior grade. Okay, that <laughs> leads us to 2002, which is about a four year. Uh, or so, three or four year break there for Star Trek Nemesis, the final TNG cast movie where a clone of Picard played by Bane himself, Tom Hardy, in his first major role, created by the Romulans, assassinates the Romulan Senate, assumes absolute power, and lures Picard and the Enterprise to Romulus under the false pretext of a peace overture. Um, this one starts out kind of cool with... Uh, I like the uh, the opening credits and the music, I will say. Mm -hmm. And then I like the the original scene in the Romulan Senate, although the Romulan Senate does look a little, uh, in retrospect, looks a little uh, chintzy. But but yeah, I, I I like yeah, <laughs> it looks very cheap. I love, but I liked the that scene, the where the yeah, the, the, you know, everybody is killed by the radion radiation. But um, but man, this movie, wow. Um, we're talking about um, 
Patrick Stewart still pushing the action hero thing. He's driving <laughs> a dune buggy around, picking up pieces of Data's long lost brother. Another one. It's not lore. It's B four. Um, you, you, you. I mean, you, you got, got it, Alex, because he came before. Yeah. I, it, oh, that's Data. so. Did, did that's you catch so that? Cle- that's did so clever. That? I, 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 my goodness. So they have that. <laughs> I mean, the, the, this movie is a mess in so many ways. It's kind of stealing some plot lines from Star Trek Two. Yes, this is this is Star Trek Two for the next generation. Uh, clearly, with uh, Data's death and possible rebirth, uh, <sighs> which we never see, uh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, also, and I think uh, uh, what's his name, Shinzen. Shinzan is, is, yeah. is, 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 is kind of a, a con uh, stand-in. Mm-hmm. Is that a good word? Mm-hmm. Stand-in mm-hmm. for him? Um, but unlike Khan, there's nothing... Uh, he has no... Uh, there's nothing... You know, it's not building off something. Yeah. Um, uh, which What's... which went a long way with, with Khan. But, you know, they just want... They try to... I don't know, make him up to be a, this big, uh, let's, let's say nemesis. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he, I mean, he, he does what he can with the part, but the character is, is, uh, he doesn't have any presence really. Well, um, it's stupid. I mean, wh- okay. Wh- <laughs> wh- wh- I'm, let's just say it. Why do we need a clone of Picard? And, and, and who's to say he would still look that much? I mean, fine. Let's accept that he'll look like him. But wh- why they would need a clone of one captain of the Starfleet to make this? I, that's stupid. Um, the thing that really, really took me out of the movie, though, it's a little thing. When Picard's hmm. looking at an old picture of himself from the Academy and he's bald. <laughs> well, how is he going to know it's him? that's the point isn't it that is the freaking point is it they think we're so stupid you know or or they just thinking people who don't know star trek won't get it so he has to look bald is that what is that what you're saying yeah yeah that's the only way we'll know it's the card is because he's bald it's just it's just insultingly stupid i uh (laughs) and so you know part of the problem with this one too besides the script which uh john logan who uh you know allegedly was a great writer because he did gladiator um was just who it was also by the way a a self-avowed star trek fan uh, like but he wrote this uh, but he had a lot of input from spiner i believe i read and stewart but Mm -hmm. and they they took the directing chair away from breaks after insurrection like that was his fault and they gave it to Stuart baird who is basically a very very good editor but by all accounts not much of a director i'm he, looking at his uh director credits here executive decision was a good movie yeah u.s yeah. marshals was an okay movie yeah and okay. this and, and, and believe it or not he hasn't directed a thing uh theatrically since Nemesis in 2002. Yeah, yeah, he, it killed it killed his directing uh, career mm-hmm. and you know, but I understand that they they felt like they owed him this for the success of those other movies and they they used it as a bargaining chip and they took it away from uh Frakes and but but the thing is I I've read about the behind the scenes. I've heard from LeVar Burton, he said they called him Laverne. He didn't Stuart Baird proudly said he'd never watched the show, didn't want to watch the show. He was going to put his own stamp on it. Um it was a tense set. Mm. People were, were were upset. They didn't like the script. They didn't like him. Um and it shows. It's just and yeah. it's a shame because there are aspects of it that are great. The, the Enterprise E to me is a very elegant, beautiful ship. I love watching it. Yeah. You know. Definitely. And but 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 aside from the beauty shots of the Enterprise E, the rest of it insults my intelligence so much I just don't <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. No, and, I I hear you. I hear you. And this is another one I haven't read. I haven't probably seen this one in 10, 11 years. I I actually own it on DVD because my, oh yeah I do too yeah I got them all on Blu-ray oh yeah even 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 into darkness. <laughs> oh. I don't have that one. I have I have the original. Star I have Trek it because album. it's I have it because it's Star Trek. You're a completist. I get it. I get it. I, I <laughs> and I respect that. And uh, I that's the one I won't own. That's the one that sent me over the edge. I went on a. That's, ra- that's a rant. one we'll have a good conversation about it because I hate it with the. 
Passion of a Thousand Suns. Oh man, we may need a whole hour just for that particular film. But what? Okay, so what was the? What is the? Okay, you got to tell me. Search your memory. What's the best part of Insur or uh, Nemesis for you? There's got to be something. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I guess I would go to Data's death. That whole scene. Uh, you know, there was you know he giving his life for his captain. Um. You know, the honest with you, Data was maybe my favorite character from Next Generation. Right. So you know, it's it's sad to see him go, regardless of you know, you know anything else about this movie. It, it was sad to see him go, and yeah. and and quite frankly, they did set it. They did very much set it up to bring him back in some way in B four. B four. And 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 even though I could see, you know, from minute one that. This movie was basically, you know, Wrath of Khan. I was okay. I was looking forward to him coming back. Yeah. But apparently, um, and I don't know if you're aware of this, movies have to do well to uh, uh, warrant sequels. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm looking here, and it cost sixty-seven point three to make, and it only made sixty million. So that's, wait, wait, is that, that reversed? Is that reversed? Is the budget was sixty million? Yes, and I'm sorry, the box office was 67. Yeah, so yeah. it made seven, but you know the the budget doesn't include all the marketing and whatnot. And even at this, Star Trek should do better. Star, Star Trek, you know. and historically, Star Trek up until the Kelvin movies, but still, Star Trek does not do well outside the North America anyway. It it does okay. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not it's, it's not something that the European, uh, Asian, or African uh, audiences go for. Right. So, um, yeah. But yeah, you're but right. I think. I think it should do better than this, but I think it did what it deserved. <laughs> it, yeah, it did. Yeah, me too. And this, to me, the special effects were the best part of it. But the, the script is dumb, uh, insulting to the intelligence. The characters look. I think the actors look pretty bored. Um, I, I, I don't. Th I don't think this is the way things would work. Too, if two ships crash into each other, something about that doesn't quite feel yeah, right. That's true. Although it's it's, it's a cool looking scene. Although then you got another dumb scene, flying a flying a sp a fighter through the hallways of a ship. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just come on, guys. It's that that is the problem. But that is what's wrong with these movies in general. The ones that every every time they try to make Star Trek into an action movie franchise, it it. It hollows it out and it falls apart. That's my opinion. Right. In general. I mean, yeah. there's some successes, but in general, it's not an action franchise. I would agree. I would agree. So, well, let's, let's, uh, let's, I'm going to get, uh, there's one pip for me on this one just because yeah. it's a movie. I agree. I agree. Um, but I will, you know, you, you made a good point about the budget. So let's work our way back. So, so 67 million on a 60, uh, million dollar, uh, budget is terrible for insurrection or for Nemesis. So insurrection. Had a, a seventy million budget with a hundred and seventeen point eight million box office, respectable but not great. Right, starting a trend. But then you go to uh, First Contact, forty five million dollar budget. It raked in a hundred forty six million. Yeah. And then, do you have Generations in front of you? I'm trying to pull it up. There we go. And I have Generations. I I'm showing a budget of thirty five million and a hundred eighteen million box office. Yeah. So uh, that's 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 you made the, the the point. This is how things end. Uh, you know, um, watch your futures end um, when you don't have <laughs> any good box office, and that's why the uh, the so this ended, and then Enterprise on television ended abruptly after four years, and there was no Trek for a while. Yeah, and then it was the yeah. Kelvin universe, which is where you and I will pick it up next time. But so, so, let me say this quickly. Sure, though. please. Um, some something without getting too into it. You know, the show, it didn't get the ending that uh, the original series got, right? I mean, they, they had a good send-off. Right. And and I will say, again, regardless of anything, overreaching uh, thoughts on Picard, Picard is giving me some of this resolution uh, feeling for the next generation uh, with uh, appearances by cast members and even just seeing Picard in his older days. Um, it's 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 hitting the sweet spot there. Yeah, well, um, the, the fan service buttons are being pressed. Um, the, the 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 issue I will have is that sometimes it's it, to me it's oh, it's a bit manipulative. But 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 I can't I cannot tell you that 
Okay, this is a bit of a spoiler, folks. Sorry, but seeing Will Riker bear hug Picard, I mean that, that was my fa- that has been my favorite episode of Picard so yeah, far. Totally, um, you and know, it was just watching them sit around and catch up to some extent, having some pizza, man. You know, <laughs> um, no, it's it's cool. But I just kept thinking, and, and he says the line, you know, because I was like, God, Riker kind of retired young, but but uh, he's a reservist, so. Hint, hint. And there's re- there was reasons given, you know. True. They um, had a really rough thing happen, so. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Tell you what, though. Uh, so let's go back for a second, real quick, as we're wrapping up here. If you compare the six and a half original series movies with the four and a half or three and a half uh, uh, TNG movies, uh, is, there, is there a clear favorite? Or are they about equal? Or what do you think? Uh, uh, for me, uh, there is a, it's not even really close because even, um, like I said, I, I wouldn't go to something like insurrection or necessarily nemesis, uh, you know, just to watch on its own. But I can, I can honestly say I would go to something like, uh, you know, uh, final frontier just to watch on its own. I would. <laughs> um, and that's not the best, certainly uh, of those movies, but, um, it's just something about, you know, maybe it's because I've seen it so many, all these movies it's so got many some times. Great, it's got some great moments. Shark Tank um, 5 has some great moments. I don't care what yeah, anybody says. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, it's just, I've, I've seen all those movies uh, so many times. Uh, again, you know, the good stuff and the bad, I, I, I find myself enjoying it, even, even, even the stupid stuff, you know. Oh, sure. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely it would be the original series movies uh, by yeah, and it's not not even really close to be honest. Yeah, me too. Um, Same. You and I agree on way more stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and of the only of the uh, uh, next generation movies, uh, really, uh, First Contact's the only one that uh, you know would yeah. rank alongside those. Yeah, for, for me. Yeah, definitely. And you know, even with with adjusted dollars, it still wasn't the the, the you know with adjusted dollars. You know which film. Actually, is gross the most most out of all Star Trek films? Uh, no, uh, the Star Trek motion picture. I, really, I, I believe that's true. I will. Uh, you can fact check me. I may I, I may be wrong, but I, I believe I heard that from Inglorious Trexperts. That that now that <laughs> film, by the way, if, I don't know if you listen to them, but man, um, the director's cut of motion picture is still uh, a, I, it's such a pleasure for me. To me, that is the only. Out of all these films we've already covered, before we get into the Kelvin movies, to me that is the only movie, Star Trek movie, that looks like a movie totally. It's a film. It's a theatrical, right. cinematic experience. It's the a rest motion of the picture. They put a, it in the title, Alex. Exactly. Star Trek, the motion picture. See, that's why I do these with you because you, you, not the movies, not the film, the, the motion, motion picture. picture. You, you know, you totally nailed it, man. Pre- pretentious asshole. I'm telling you. <laughs> But but you know what it's 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 funny. But it is you're right. The the TV unit handled everything after that at Paramount, uh, Star Trek two through six, and that's and it looks and it shows in so many of those movies. But anyway, we're not here to re recover that ground, my friend. This has been a fun conversation, and I'd love to have you back in a down the road here this year and talk about this again. If anybody wants to argue with you online, is are you on Twitter or something? Uh, I've been known to tweet on occasion. Yeah. At Zoofster, Z-O-O-F-S-T-E-R. Very Actually, good. I'm on Instagram on the same thing. Uh, you know, that's pretty much my handle. Lots of Yorkie pics. And <laughs> and you're a huge reader. Uh, my God, you're a most voracious reader. I've read a book or two. Yeah, I've read a book or two. Dude, this guy, fan, this guy reads so, listeners, this guy reads so much. At, he, at the end of, at, at this point in, end of March 2020, I've got, I believe, 28 books under my belt. Well, God bless that's you. A, that's a that's a story for another podcast. It perhaps. is. It is. And I, I am constantly rereading Stephen King. Yeah, you're a constant in, in audio in audio book form. So, oh yeah, uh, that's always there. I would love to talk about that. Well, <laughs> you would have to lead that conversation. I've read a lot of it, but you're the master when it comes to that stuff. So uh, maybe we'll do that down the road. But, um, but that, yeah, that's kind of how we met, though. I, I've written a few books, and uh, Michael's been kind enough to write, uh, read and review them and share people information. I, thank you so much. And by the way, if anybody <laughs> anybody cares, um, hard at work on the next book, uh, the, the next pilot What's book. What's it going to be called? 
<laughs> you know I'm not going to tell you yet. But Okay, okay, okay. When's it going to be out? Uh, this is so funny. I got a text. I'm, I'm putting the screws to you, man. I got a text the other day from one of my readers. Uh, her name is Tony. She is uh, uh, retired, and she's read all of them. And uh, anyway, she 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 and I connected, and she has my number. So she texts me. She says, "When is the next book coming?" I think people are stuck at home and they want to read. So um, before will... you can say before you can say anything, let me say this to you. Sure. If you're not absolutely sure about it, don't say anything. Yeah, I don't want to upset people. That's for sure. I don't want people mad. Better, better to talk in vagaries like within the next year or oh, it'll next year or two. Well, but but don't don't throw down a November or or <laughs> Halloween like day. That, it, that, yeah, I, I have um, been I have been late a few times. I'll admit, but I'm I tell you what, you know, knock on wood and and Lord willing and my health but, holds. There's no reason in the world I can't have this book ready by the end of summer. <laughs> uh, I know. I just screwed myself over. I do. But I mean, anyway. I was going to say just because I tell you you shouldn't say it doesn't mean I'm not going to be asking you about it. Well, on a, you I'm know, weekly basis. It's, it's, <laughs> listen, a guy who reads is it is it is it going to be a full length novel? Or yeah, yes. Novel? Oh, okay. and that's part of the deal. This is now. This is where I'll get in trouble because I, in my mind, and the way I've mapped it out as much as I do, this is not even going to be like one of my. 200 230 pages this one's going to be a significantly longer book so yeah. there, there's a lot going on here well i don't know how you feel about it but a lot of people told me that um this mr nice nice guy is 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 interesting to them and uh, my editor is like oh my gosh i think you have found a rejuvenating factor in this series that was starting to flag a little bit i mean i'm first to admit it so um mm -hmm. let's just say that uh, there's some good stuff coming Okay, excellent. All right. Hey, you are so kind to, besides being a, a friend of my books and my, my work, which is, is so rare, but you're so kind of you to take the time um, I'm, to, to chat with me. I'm a me. gosh darn delight. You are a gosh darn delight, gosh darn it. And I tell you what, we will, we will not wait too much longer on this. Um, in fact, I'll talk to you offline about maybe we'll record yeah. about the Kelvin universe next uh, a few weeks mm. from now and then we'll we'll get that in the pipeline and and we'll just keep talking and then eventually we'll get through Star Trek and we'll start talking about books. How, does that sound good? Fine by me. Michael Zuffa, thank you so much for joining me on Mysterious Goings On and thank you listeners for indulging us in our chat about Star Trek. If you're still listening at this point, um, live long and prosper and until next time, keep reading. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.